Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first official podcast of Pick One Nine Nine. I'm joined. I'm joined here, of course, with the great Jake the Snake Mitchell. Good day, everyone. Maharam Musi Kavurovic. Hey, hey. And lastly, Corey Roscoe Ross. What's going on, guys? How are we? Um, look, we've got a big pod today. First up, we're going to talk about the NBA, the signings, the trades, contracts. We're going to move to the NFL, talk about standings. Uh, we're going to look at the Steelers, of course, and Tom Brady. Uh, we're also going to look at Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. Connor's back in 2021, and Muzz is going to talk to us about the EPL and Nations League. Um, so to kick us off, we'll just go through the fir- the top 20 biggest moves from free agencies opening weekend. So first of all, we've got Gordon Hayward to the Hornets. We've got Montrez Harrell to the Lakers. We've got Danilo Gallinari to the Hawks. We've got Christian Wood to the Rockets. Ibaka to the Clippers. Van Vliet is staying with the Raptors. Rajon Rondo is going to the Hawks. Davis Bertans is staying with the Wizards. Joe Harris is staying with the Nets. Jeremy Grant is going to the Pistons. And, of course, we've got the rookie Max Deals for uh, Kingsguard Darren Fox, for Donovan Mitchell, and for Jason Tatum. We've also got Wesley Matthews heading to the Lakers. Tristan Thompson is going to the Celtics. Uh, KCP is staying with the Lakers. Jay Crowder is going to the Suns. Chris Dunn to the Hawks. Marcus Morris stays with the Clippers. Derek Jones Jr. to the Blazers. Jordan Clarkson stays with the Jazz. And Goran Dragic stays with the Heat. Boys, first topic I want to talk about. Those rookie rookie max deals for Tatum and for Donovan. Are are both those fellas worth that money? Definitely. They're probably the only rookies from that class that are worth what they're being paid. So. Well, I think it's what three, three, three rookies that have actually fucking done something. Yeah, mm, and then we got absolutely. a whole, a whole draft class of pretty much, and it was yeah, yeah, not, yeah, not much exactly in there. It. Do those deals hurt the team? No, I think they strengthen it. I think they definitely strengthen. Like Mitchell's one definitely strengthens them because I think smaller market they need to keep their big. He's going to be a big name player. The same for Tatum too, like. He's easily the Celtics' best player at the minute. Thousand percent. So. Well, do the do the Celtics need to rework their team? Randy do they do they do they drop all their big contracts? Do they drop Kemba? Do they drop and they start again? Well, they've got reworking around. They've gotten rid of uh, Haywood's contract. He was thirty five million. This last year. This talk the Bulls are making a run on Campbell, but I can't see it happening. The Bulls like to think that they. I've said it. <laughs> Is, are you talking about Kemba? Kemba. Kemba Walker. Oh. Yep. That's who I'm talking about. And from the top, every time we get a fact wrong, we have to do a hot chilli so- shot. So Jake Mitchell, that's one. We'll save that for the end. <laughs> uh, look, boys, I'll just give you some of the 2019-2020 stats for Jason Tatum. So he had 23.4 points. He averaged seven rebounds and three assists per game. Head over to Donovan Mitchell. He averaged 24 points a game, 4.4 rebounds and 4.3 assists. So obviously these boys are improving each year. Improving and setting the bar mm. for the rest of the team. It's not just them by themselves. They're, they're team players that are moving with the team. Yeah. But well, I think I think Jason Tatum's um, stat line, even though it looks lower than um, Spiders, I think it's more impressive because mm, he's on a he's on a better team. I think if the Jazz can put enough pieces together for Spider. 
they might be able to make a push. But at the moment, he's he's making more of an impact, even though his stats are let, showing well, look, less. Look at who he's had to share the ball with. Yeah. He's yeah, been well, sharing the ball with some of the... Like, they've six, been the best team. For, you've got Joe Ingles playing starting minutes for a sixth man. Mm, and then yeah. you've got that dog shit it's, Jordan Clarkson tr- contract as well. You've so. also got... Ingles uh, has uh, been Conley. arguably their third best player. Mm. I would almost argue their second best player. Well, mm. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, look, I can't deny Gobert's fucking presence Go on Bear, the inside part. Yeah. Like that, 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 de- that defensive presence to win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Is is a big impact. Vinigal's three point shooting on the like can't be underestimated. It's it's been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that's been keeping him in games too. Like yeah. there'll be a period where we'll hit one or two in a ro- uh, two or three in a row to bring them back into the game. But how important is three point shooting in the playoffs? Just well, huge. compared compared yeah. just to the regular season well, games. You think a few years ago when Golden State just. Pretty much revolutionised the the whole new wave of the NBA with three point shooting, small men shooting big threes. They they pretty much made the centre position just a non starter, or force force the centres to become a stretch five, being outside shooter, yeah, yeah. Or, or defensive stopper, yeah. So, but people like Bazingas need to thank them a lot, and people like Cat need to be extremely upset. Well, Cat just needs to pick up his game. I'm just going to say, and, and it, cat is a cat in the paint. Yeah, just for a big a cat, man, just yeah. a cat in general. <laughs> is there is there is there a team that is more underwhelming than that Timberwolves team uh-huh. with Wiggins and I, Cat? A few years ago, a few years ago, a mate came up to me and he goes, "I'm thinking about following the NBA. Who should I who should I get on?" I said, "Go for the Timberwolves." I was like, "Because they've just drafted Cat. They've got Wiggins. They've got a red hot young team. They're going to be so good." Well, Poor had. prick. Like, well, they had, should never have had Jimmy I, Butler as well. Does, Butler? Yeah, they had Butler. Yeah. Yeah. So. Does, uh, does that friend of yours still follow the NBA or has he given up? No, I think he's just given up. Yeah. He's, yeah. Lost a fan. I've seen him walking around in the Cavs jersey not long ago, so he's probably <laughs> given up again since then. Jeez, mm, we better check up on him. A bit of, <laughs> bit of headspace required there, I think. <laughs> Look out for your mates. Yeah. Who, if you were franchise, who would you prefer to build around? Donovan or Jason? Tatum. Can we can we try a third in there? Come on, Kings boy, give him oh, some love. Come on. Sorry, Fox. I forgot Come about on. Darren Fox. Darren Fox, who are you going to build around? So Jake, why would you build around? You said Tatum. I think he does it on both ends. Mm, and I think he's proven that he can be team first. I think if you're going to build your franchise around someone, you need someone that's going to be able to play along and work alongside but, superstars. But in saying that, Spiders. Pretty much been doing it all by himself too. Yeah, exactly. So but that's what I mean. He, but he has. But imagine, he has imagine, yeah. imagine if he had the pieces, had those pieces yeah. around and, him. Yeah, and like you could how say, how good is he going to be when he's got them? Yeah. But I'm saying at this point in time, he hasn't actually had them, so therefore you can't say that he would be. I suppose it's what sort of draw cards can you bring in to to lure other players in? And I also so think sort of I also think Tatum's better defensively. But do do players in the NBA want to play with Tatum? Because there is this, there is this rumor going around that a lot of the vets don't want to play with Tatum. Is it? Is it because of the Kyrie? Is it because of the Kyrie issue? Well, you think about how many people don't want to play with Kyrie. Well, that's a, that's another. I think thing it's too. more. I think that's I think it's more it's, about Kyrie than yeah. it does about Tatum. Mm-hmm. If you if you have a think back to when it was uh, Kyrie's first year at Boston, right? 
And that's when he got injured. That's when he couldn't play in the in the playoffs. So he gets the Boston boys the top seed, one of the top seeds in the East. He is out with injury. Gordon Haywood was out. And those young fellas just ran it. And where'd they finish up? They finished up uh, pretty much in the Eastern Conference Finals, didn't they? I think they made yeah, the they, finals. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and then they made the year, it all on Tatum's back. Yeah, and the year after that, when Kyrie came back, Gordon was back. Just failed. Kyrie, I think Kyrie, the only reason Kyrie was so successful at Cleveland mm. was because of LeBron. He was able to hold him to account. He was definitely the oldest, elder statesman. Mm. And LeBron tried so hard to like just nurture him and keep him going. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, uh, Roscoe, who would you build around out of those three? Oh, now, we I haven't mean, spoke much about Darren Fox. He is a great player. He's got the speed. Shit finish. Team. Shit team. Bro. It's a shame about the franchise he's in. Well, that's going to happen when you're a top top draft pick. In a, oh, absolutely. When shit teams are going to... He's the best draft pick they've had in so long. I think since um, since the Demarcus Cousins um, take as a draft pick, he he's the only player that's sort of looking towards pushing them to the playoffs. Because you have to remember, as bad as Demarcus Cousins is now, he took the Kings by himself to an eight, seven, six seed. Mm. Yeah, for how long? And you know, and that he went to put the Pelicans, and that was that was going to be the the team. Mm. They were going to be the team when he left. So. It's just a matter of like, can Sacramento push the money out to to draw people in? I mean, it's the thing with those markets, like it's so hard. Like you, you look at like the Lakers, how easy it can be for them to just attract big names. Well, they've got the history there and the culture. And that, that, that's, and that's what the I mean. Same for like, those big big teams like Boston, Chicago. See, I think Chicago's starting to lose that. Yeah, well, and that was the same with the Knicks too. Yeah. Mm. The Knicks, have, the Knicks have lost it. The Chicago Knicks, will lose yeah. mm. I have so, a question, though, too. But before you ask that question, you got to answer the first one. Who would you build around? Uh, I said, I was going to say Tatum. Oh, Tatum? Yeah. Tatum as well, two for yeah, Tatum. Yeah. Uh, Muzz? Am I, are we talking you're, you're a small market team? You're a, well, what's the difference, do you think? Well, the difference is your, your attraction is going to be how good your player is. But if you're in a big market, it doesn't matter how good your player is. Mm, okay. So you're going to attract anyway. So if we're in a, if we're in a small market, Jason Tatum's easy. But wouldn't you rather the biggest player, no matter what the market is? Well, it's not going to have that much of an impact if you're talking about in in four years' time. Jason Tatum's probably going to get a super, super, super max. Yeah. Mm. yeah. While in four years' time, you're talking about Jaron Fox and Donovan Mitchell maybe just getting a max. But do you think? Jaron Fox will be able to get that super super max because if he will, bring, if, if it's a small bringing, team, yeah, yeah, they're not yeah. going to bring. Yeah. Yeah. But in, in terms of yeah. in terms of talent, yeah, yeah. It, it, would you sacrifice that to try and get another mm. big market player in? Mm. Well, that that leads into my next question. Do you think the rookies that are coming through are they thinking money first and then legacy later on? Because, I think because we have the ability now to create these super teams, mm. and we can do it a little bit easier when. You're down the road, and your your market value is not as much. I think you'll find. I reckon there's about ninety five percent of the NBA are there for money. Yeah, well, it's a money league at the minute. But I, think, I think I think there's. I honestly point. reckon you could count count the number of players that are there for legacy on two hands. Mm. But I do think the NBA does well for young players, so that young players aren't attracted to 
for the four, first four years, you you can't give anyone, you can't give a rookie a max, mm. and that's those all those players have just come off their their four year, three year contracts, mm. and now they're getting the max. So you've prepared them in that year. Well, four years. The team who's drafted that player, they're the only ones who can offer that super super max, right? So when Davis left Pelicans, it was, I think it was only Pelicans that could offer him the the super the super max. Yeah. Lakers couldn't. Yeah, so they can just so, give him a max. What that also does, by is it protects teams. Because mm. you think about Philly, they would have offered that to Simmons year one. The amount of potential that they saw in him and everyone has seen in him, and that he has, they're protected to 76ers in that situation, but because they're all of a sudden going, we don't necessarily know if we want to keep you. It gives it gives the teams... In a such a as Roscoe was saying, as such a money hungry yeah. league, it gives the teams a chance to actually have some control and some say. Mm. Yeah, yep. And that's that's sort of why like the rings becoming or MVP awards as well, like becoming more obsolete as we yeah. go along. It's more about how much money we're making and how we can set ourselves up. There's only one player that you consistently hear about him saying, "I want the MVP." And that's LeBron. And you can't say there's no one else out there that's trying to shave their legacy as much as LeBron is. Mm-hmm. And he's the only one you hear actively saying, I want it. I want to be the best. He's sort of in that last sort of generation where it was all about being compared to Michael as well. And yeah. his whole career has been shaped around how he matches up to MJ. Yeah. And you and you hear about you hear players that played in the like in the nineties, early two thousands. Like Shaq is still that cranky that Steve Nash got those MVPs over him. Mm. Like he's still filthy mm. about it. I think Which like that think, and that was when people like he didn't he's obviously done very well for himself, Shaq. Mm. But they were very passionate about what they wanted to achieve. Like mm. it was more than about it was more than the money. I think that was sort of the same for in a way it, the same for Kobe. He wasn't as worried about the MVP as long as he got to the championship. He wanted to be MJ. He wanted to be... Well, he wanted to be the championship holder, not the MVP holder. Yeah. So, back to Muzz. Who would you build around? Right. Um, he doesn't want to say his own man. Oh, look, I, I can't go... Um, I can't go past Jason Tatum. I, I love De'Aaron Fox, and I think... Um, as much as I love him, I don't think he'll... He's enough to save the franchise, the front office, nothing going on on there. Um, Vladi Divac, whoever owns it, whoever comes in, takes part ownership. They're just, they're in there to make it. And they think, you know, a bit of passion, a bit of this is going to help improve those players. How about actually running it like a business mm. and realising that if we don't run it like a business, we're going to lose fans. We're going to lose everything that we've worked for and we just continue to just sit outside the playoffs. I think that's sort of a reflection of where they are at the minute too. It's just like they're sort of lost in the ether. Yeah. Like they're, they're doing nothing, not making moves, not... Because yeah. they can't decide if they're... Are we are we tanking? Mm. Are we buying? Yeah, that's it. Because it's... We're, we're playing it like we're a buying team, mm. but we're not we're not offering anyone... Sort of, ma- sort of ma- Golden State, you want to know how to tank, just watch Golden State. They do it perfectly. <laughs> but it's also like... Um, you look at the Suns as well. They were sort of in limbo, really, until yeah. they got Devin Booker coming through. Yeah. You look at the teams that aren't tanking properly are also the teams that have got issues in the front office. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's it. The teams like Golden State have got their front office sorted. But it, that's, look that's how well the they are like this year. They get the second pick. Yeah, it's just um, culture just, and just mm. knowing what you want to do, what you want to achieve. And we just don't know what some of these teams want to achieve. Whether or not, like like we said last week, with James Dolan, knowing that he can make money out of the Knicks without them being successful. Let's look at those teams. Look at the teams that were getting draft picks around that that seven, eight, nine, ten mark. They're all the ones that have got issues in the front office. Mm. Your Knicks, Chicago are at four, um, Washington. They're the ones that are struggling Detroit, in the front office the and they're not tanking properly if that's what they're trying to do. So they're, in the end, they're getting stuck in the middle and they're not making moves either yeah. way. Now, I know I'm the saying, NBA I'm goes on that, about just... you know trying to uh, you know discourage tanking, right? It's not actually working because the teams that tank well, so Golden State's tanked well, they've got a what, number two pick. Cleveland won themselves a title by tanking a few years ago. Oh. Was, that, was that an intentional tank? Well, Golden I don't know. It was, a, it, was, it, was it was good timing that Curry was injured. Well, Clay and Curry and Clay, Draymond they lost well. KD. It's a good time Draymond. to rest players. That's what they would do. And those players, if those players were on a run, they would have played. Well, when you have a second string point guard in D'Angelo Russell running the team, yeah. it's never going to like be a superstar team. Mm. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell, but he was a hell of a player. Like He but is in, a hell of a player. Like, And in saying that, some of these smaller market teams that are getting these top picks got to remember they're using those as bargaining chips to to give to other teams to get players in well what is is what okc is doing ruining the league i don't think so because pollen draft picks they're trades they're making trades people are offering them and, and that's the, it if they want them they take them but mm. let's like, say let's say now we've got so they've got draft picks up until 2027 oh they're stacked or they're stacked for a good they've got like 8 years 18 draft picks mm-hmm. until then. Let's say they don't find a suitable trade for any of those draft picks. Is them having all of those drafted players in, they're going to have to cut some of them, mm. and they're taking the 18 draft picks. Or do they use that as that bargaining chip to... But if they can't get what they want and teams realise what they're doing. Yeah, but it wasn't that long ago that Boston had a war chest of... Picks. Yeah, but they had three or four. They didn't have as many as I That was, that was Cleveland, though, too. Cleveland, Cleveland yeah. did the same Cleveland thing. Cleveland had, mm. like, three of the top top picks in four years. Yeah. Mm. But same thing as what Philly did. Yeah. But well, we're, we're talking is, about... Yeah. They've got it over... OKC have got it over six, seven years. Mm. I can't see them keeping all the picks, though. Well, they I think once they, once they get a few, they'll trade. They'll move those picks on, obviously. But does that force the league then to cap... The amount of picks that you can get mm. in a certain yeah, amount of could, years because because, because tomorrow of, because, yeah okay see if they want they can trade Shea Gilgis Alexander for another two first mm. round picks mm. and you're talking about where's all the cap space gone draft picks no team's got any cap space for okay because that was a big move that happened today it was Adams going so what did they get for Adams. That was a, uh, I'm pretty sure that was like a three-team trade there because there was Pelicans. That was, I think that all revolved around the Drew Holiday to Milwaukee, right? So they had Milwaukee, the, yeah, um, yeah. they had Pelicans and that OKC. I think they might have had one extra team in there. Adams, Adams ended up at Toronto. It, so yeah, so, were. no, Adams, Stephen Adams. Yeah. I thought he ended up with the Pelicans. 
Yeah, he did. It was the Pelicans. Yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. yeah, because Zabaka went to Clippers. Yep. And then... Yeah, yeah. And then obviously and then Drew Holiday went up to Milwaukee. And then Lakers got... Mark I think there are a few other... Well. Yeah, I think there are a few other pieces involved, but um, for, for the majority, yeah, that's the main... main but basic, basically, they ended up... Okay, so ended up, I think, with a first round in two seconds, yeah. I think it was. What play did they get? They get a player? So they would have got to play with that as well. Sorry, I know where I got me. I know where I got Toronto from. It was Aaron Baines that's gone oh, to Toronto. Aaron Baines, yeah. Two year deal, nine and a half mil. So the the full trade, uh, the, it's a it's a four team trade, and so by the end, what OKC ended up getting was George Hill, Josh Gray, Kenrich Williams, uh, Zylan Cheetahham, Darius uh, Miller. And a 2023 first and two second rounds. Jeez, that's not a that bad haul. For Steve Adams. Okay. And that is actually what brings me to the next point, which I w- was trying to remember what team he went to. So during that trade, that's what ended up with um, Denver getting RJ Hampton. Yeah. Ah, right. Yeah. Yeah, of course, with the Bucks. So was Denver involved in that trade? It would have been Denver, Milwaukee, uh, Pelicans, Orleans, and OKC. And OKC. Yep. Tell you what, some of these Sorry. trades get complicated. <laughs> oh, when they go four so, teams deep oh, and I think trade, uh, I think you have to say, has the Pelicans won that trade? Because they got Adams, Bledsoe, twenty twenty five, and a twenty twenty seven first. So we two firsts, Adams and Bledsoe. We got Bledsoe and Adams who are both now veterans of the league. So, and for for a young team like New Orleans. That's that's gonna be huge. Mm. Uh, was Adams an all star this year? No, he was extremely close. Very close. He? Yeah, he's got an all. He's mind he you, I don't think Bradley Bill was either an all star either. Mm. He d- he wasn't picked, but he's always but, on the cusp. Too, yeah, so. but look, I reckon if uh, if Drew settles in well with Milwaukee and it keeps Giannis, they're obviously the biggest winners of that trade. Drew Holiday for for them is is that could be the piece that could. But be. they lost huge when they it's lost the start, isn't it? Bogdan. Bogdanovich. That's mm. that's a huge loss. Yeah. And now they're under investigation for yeah. apparently approaching him too early and uh, announcing it too early. Ah, uh, right. So there could be more fallout coming from that Milwaukee trade. But mm. that's that. And he's he's a light-up shooter that played really well for the Kings. Um, just that's all he does, just shoot. Mm. And you're looking at a team with Giannis, what's the biggest thing you need? You need to set a. You need someone to pass him the ball, mm-hmm. and then you need shooters. Yeah. Now, last um, a little pickup they got was uh, Tory Craig from Denver Nuggets. They just let him go. They let him walk. They picked him up. Former NBL player. Yeah, um, and he's just a spot up three. So that's a really neat piece they've just picked up for Giannis to um, you know, bail out to. Anyway, we'll move on to the to the NFL, gentlemen. Uh, I'll just go through quickly. Go through the results. I've got here. Um, so it was week week eleven. They've just had. Now we've just had Seahawks beat the Cardinals. So that was twenty eight twenty one. We had the Steelers beat the Jags twenty seven to three. Panthers beat the Lions twenty to nil. Texans twenty seven to Patriots twenty. That's a big one. The Texans against Patriots. Yeah. Right. I like the Texans. We'll get back to that. 
Uh, Ravens 24, Titans 30, so the Titans won that. Browns 22 to Philly 17. Uh, Saints 24, Falcons 9. Washington got over the Bengals. Chargers beat the Jets. Broncos beat the Dolphins. Cowboys just got over the Vikings there. Uh, Colts got over Packers. Chiefs got over the Raiders. And the Rams got over the Bucks. Okay, Jakey, we'll go back to the Texans and Patriots. I think it's big for both teams. I think it hurts the Patriots. I think I think that was a win they needed. But I think the Texans, I, I think they'll be there at the end. I think they're a red-hot chance this year, the Texans. They look great. Well, if we have a look at the uh, the table here, the Texans, where are they sitting? I think they're sitting pretty well for the season. Why yeah. are you looking that up? I was researching this afternoon. And I looked, I sort of found the Patriots division, yeah. NFC East, the only division in the whole competition where all teams have a losing record at the minute. They are the only division in the whole league. No, well, and that that could be what's the Phillies, Phillies, Philly, Phillies in that NFC East. Yeah. So Patriots, Philly, uh, New York Giants, and Washington. Uh, that's a wrong one. That's oh, wrong. wrong. Wrong one. Sorry. Scroll up for a second. Philly, um, Philly uh, play with New so York, Dallas, Patriots. and Washington, and we've also got a losing record, so that would mean that you are. Uh, uh, sorry. Um. All right, so the Patriots are in the same conference, uh, the same division as the Buffalo Bills, Dolphins, and the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So that would mean that would be a shot for you at the end. Uh, thanks, Roscoe. Yep. So the Texans, uh, where are they sitting? There, they're sitting. Can't quite see now. They're sitting quite well. They're just below the Titans. Can they squeeze in? Can no, they squeeze I, in I, the top two I there? Think, I think they're pretty much done. They're, they've had a pretty rough year considering the talent that they've got. I think um, they've really... They went from a quite a dominant team last year. Especially defensively. Yeah. And I think... The whole COVID bud and the injuries that are occurring, like we're talking, like we know the NFL's riddled with injuries, but this year's been 10 times worse. I think they've got a few COVID issues at the minute too, don't they? There's one team that's got even more COVID issues. That's the Ravens. Mm. And they're in desperate need of a win and they've had a recent COVID outbreak and it's absolutely shot them and they need a win. Yeah, it's getting tight there especially between them after, and the Browns. Especially after the Browns win against Philly this week. Mm. Well, I think that wild that wild card playoff, if it comes between Cleveland and um, Baltimore, I don't know if they play them play each other anymore. But I think it's if Cleveland just continue to scrape through like they've done, like they did on the weekend against the Eagles, they, they will get over the Ravens, and it will be the biggest travesty. For a Ravens team that last year looked like they were going all the way. Yeah. Mm. Do you think um, that Texans losing Hopkins was too much of a loss? I think it's a big impact. It's tough losing any any sort of wide receiver running back in a team where your defense not what it was last year. And what we t- what yeah. Snaker was speaking about with their defense just riddled with injuries, riddled with COVID issues, whatever it is, you got a whole bunch of issues, and you lose 
Your start. best, your yeah. best player. Would he be the? He, would he, he be? He, the he best? was definitely their best receiver. He was definitely the best on offense. I think his impact impact receiving from well, uh, Deshaun Watson that he's was throwing to. in passes. So yeah. I mean, who takes the credit there? Is it Hopkins for getting open, or is it Watson oh, for slinging the ball? You can have a pretty good bloke throwing the ball, but you need someone to be able to catch it. But I think. I don't think his quarterback rating's that high. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. He's he's um his player efficiency rating's quite low, I think. Mm. He he does throw a lot of a turnovers lot of kicks, yeah. and a lot of interceptions that a lot of more experienced um even conservative quarterbacks, but he's not a conservative. No. I wouldn't say he is, no. And I think that's that's part of his game, but is it too much? Mm. Is he trying to push it too much? Is that having an impact on where they're sitting now at three and seven? Well, yeah, obviously, if it's three and seven, I mean, when teams are not doing so well, who do you look at? You look at the coaches, you look at the quarterback. I mean, quarterbacks right up on that list that you're looking at. Remember when Cleveland were doing shock? I mean, they're still doing pretty average now, but when they were doing they're seven and three. When, well, when they were doing worse than that, who were they all pointing the finger at? Well, the fact that they just. They had about four quarterbacks and all of them yeah. were injured all of the time. They've drafted a quarterback every year for the last few years just yeah. to try and get one to stick. Well, has has there been a team that has more um, top quarterback prospects drafted that have turned into nothing? Mm. Yeah. yeah well, realistically, you've got the two, the two that they've had. Johnny Manziel yeah. was touted as being one of the next big things and had a massive... It had a severely, like, mental issue. Yeah. And that cost him a lot of money. Like, cost him a lot of money, cost him a lot of opportunities too. Yeah. And then you've got Baker in a very similar mould, whether or not he can dial it in. Baker's their answer. Baker's the one that needs to click for him. I think he has been this year. He's been better this year. Yeah. But But that's also, like, they got rid of Freddie Kitchens last year. Yeah. From last year, and that was a huge. Because he was he was hor- like terrible, like he had no idea what he was doing with that team. Yeah, so and that, he had yeah. all Boys, the there's, there's things only going around with OBJ as well. So yeah, well now OBJ, he's out, he's done. Yeah, does that mean Baltimore overtake the Browns? No, the new second seed in the no, AFC because I North? think Cleveland Cleveland played Jacksonville this weekend, and they'll towel Jacksonville. Mm. Well, Cleveland have and been that'll playing. Get them through. Cleveland have been playing better without OBJ as well. It's Baltimore is sweet at the minute. What I'm worried about for Cleveland is, I know Snaker was talking about how Baker is the future and he's their man. What happens when a quarterback starts to do well? There's a couple of things that happen really quickly. Defense start to read what he's doing. Yeah, mm. and all of a sudden, he's not Mr. I play in the NFL. No, he's a star quarterback in the NFL. How many women, how many people are going to be throwing themselves at him? Can he handle that? Well, and that's Cleveland. I think being Cleveland in itself, I think, is a good thing. So if he was in New York or something, you'd have more issues. If he was playing for for LA, um, for Oakland, not Oakland, the Raiders these days are in Vegas, aren't they? But if he was in those bigger markets... Then I'd have more concern, um, but in Cleveland, I mean, there's still and yeah. he's you know 
like we all know what he's like. Yeah, people throw throw themselves at everyone. It's gonna happen. Yeah, Yeah. but But we're talking at a different. That's a different level. Also, Baker, quite Baker's Baker. They know who Baker is. Regardless of his, like his his character, he's fairly well grounded in his beliefs too. So he's married. He's he's got all settled down on that side. It's just. I think the distractions of his his problem is how he thinks the media is perceiving him. Uh, and and I, that's been his biggest problem for the last three years. We just talked about it with the NBA about people that are there to develop legacy and people that are there for money. I think he's going to be a legacy player. Absolutely. I don't think he's necessarily thinks money first. I think he's there to do a job. I think he wants to change the way people view him. He doesn't like the media, but I think that'll work in his. I think though it's it is it is tough being in Cleveland. The NBA team's rubbish. I mean, what what are the what are the people looking for there? They're looking mm. for inspiration, and they've got a winning team in the Browns. Mm. And Cleveland's never going to reach that standard at the well, moment. Well, they could be like Corey and just start following LA. But the <laughs> <laughs> but then. Like we're talking about, even more people throwing himself at, at, at him in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah, it's almost a worse situation because, because they've he got is the only deal. They've got nothing to distract them. There's always Kevin Love. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, what about? I was just speaking about someone who people chasing, you know, legacy or money. What about someone who's already got the money? So Mahomes has already got his bag. Mm. He's got the what biggest are we expecting? But he's what are we expecting from them this year, boys? Are they they they? Going I think, to I think they, they are they are out and out favourites. They do it for me. That's who to beat. Not even the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers undefeated so far. No. Can they keep that going? I think they are on the verge of a collapse. As a, see, as, as a Steelers fan, I 100% agree, agree with you because there's been a couple of times where the secondaries look very shaky. Yep. The wins, you look at, I, I can't think of a win in there that I went, wow, they really beat that team. Mm. I understand the Ravens win, but the Ravens are in all sorts of hurt. And that Also was in saying that. that, Ravens have probably got one of the best defences in the league too, regardless of... They're losing. Yeah, but they had three yep. people have to sit out this game because of COVID. Yeah. But they also still have the number one scoring defense as well. Yeah. They constantly put turnovers on other teams. Well, they were, and now they've stopped. And that's yeah. the issue. Well, yeah, the last three weeks, but also, like, you have to think about it. Those players will be coming well, back too. Yeah, but in the, that's the, the difference between something like the NRL and the NFL, but. They've only got 16 games. Is it a shorter season this year? Are they playing full 16? They're playing 16. Yeah. I thought they were talking about pushing it up in the off-season. They were talking about pushing it up to 20. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not that happens. I don't know if it happens. I don't think it'll happen until it's sort of clear of COVID. Yeah. Well, uh, this Friday, the Ravens face the Steelers. That's going to be... That'll tell you where the... That'll tell you where the Ravens are at. I think that'll be a big test for the Steelers. Well, is it a, is it a bigger test for the Ravens? It's a bigger or test for the, for the It's a bigger test. I think for it's the a Ravens. test for both. No, I think it's a bigger test. Cox, who do you think? Do you think it's a bigger test for the Steelers or for the for the Ravens? Well, I think it's a bigger test for the Steelers to see if they can keep this win streak up. I, was, I mean, their confidence—you'd have to say after ten wins—is huge. 
They're coming up against an actual test with the Ravens. I mean, their form at the moment. Well, they're coming against a rival rival that they've had for years. Mm. And you know that this team, they've lost four games. They haven't looked the best. Mm. If the Steelers lose this game, do they go on to lose the rest of the games they have left? It's not going to be good for their confidence, is it? But you also have to think, like, the amount of players that the Ravens have out at the minute too, whether or not... Like, that, that's severely affected how they play. And if Pittsburgh's coming into this, like, not red hot, but in a winning attitude, it's it's going to be it's gonna be a good game. Absolutely. Uh, if we look at some of the other conferences there, we've got the Chiefs and FC West there, head and shoulders above uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. They... they Las Vegas Raiders are looking strongly. You got Denver and the Chargers. I think. Do we think? Well, that both both Denver and the Chargers at the minute have. Well, Denver's in a rebuilding stage at the minute. Yeah. And yeah. then Chargers haven't been great the whole time I've known them playing. So I've never known. And Philip Rivers has not played well at all no. as a quarterback. I think that's the AFC West is just literally Kansas City. Yeah. I think that's the only thing you need to keep an eye out of them is Kansas City. LA played well this weekend in a losing effort. Do we think it's is it too early to call who who's going to make the Super Bowl? I think you can call I think you Kansas. Can, you can put Kansas. Be okay, well, who's playing Kansas? I mean, you've I'm, got. I'm actually going to say I think the Bills are a dark horse at the minute. Ooh, because. If you go go back to their table, they're sitting atop of their table, clear of everyone else. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills are seven and three, and then behind them you got Miami Dolphins six and four, New England four and six, and then New York Jets uh, on a ten. Game in saying loss. that, but in saying that, the Bills can't go past Kansas on that. To play them in the Super Bowl, they can play them in the conference finals, mm. yeah. but that's as far as they can go. Yeah, I'm. But they are a dead set dark horse. God, you'd have to say the Saints. I'm almost leading to the Saints. I don't think so. The Saints or Green Bay? Well, do do the Bucks get that um, wild card spot? I think so. They just the problem with the Bucks at the minute. They're so inconsistent with how they play. They can beat a team by 20 to 30 points, but they can also lose to a team by 20 to 30 points. Because at the moment, you've got Seahawks are the only other team in second spot with a winning record. Mm. I'll tell you, the one we haven't talked about is Tampa Bay. 7-4. The namesake of the podcast himself, the GOAT. They'll be there. They'll be there or thereabouts. I'm... Never write him off. People have been writing him off since two thousand and one, and these are all idiots. Do you think if you can, if you can get Antonio Brown, just going there, nuts? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a very big chance, and then Gronk's still there too. Yeah, not those big game players. You know that they turn it on and turn it off when yeah. they need to. And that's it, and that's. But that's the thing, though. They're they're inconsistent in that way. They'll have a twenty point win, twenty point loss. It's just. Where, where do they go? Are they going to sit in the middle or are they going to be a front runner? Yeah. Tell you what won't happen. 
Is any of our teams be there? But what about <laughs> what about except for Muzz? Except for Muzz. The, no, rest no, us, no, the rest of us are I, shot. I think I think the Steelers will they'll face Kansas and Kansas will be too much. Yeah. I think ten and zero, great record. Um, I don't want to say fool's gold, but God, it, it, so looks like, it looks close because being a Steelers mm. fan, you know. Ben Ben can be he can be twenty twenty two years old you know he's he's he's, he's in there for the season he could be sixty eight next week yeah. doesn't, <laughs> doesn't right. mean nothing but he's yeah that's the thing it's it's whether or not can he stay healthy those as well. knees can those knees, knees shoulder is that shoulder's shot everything's gone but boys do you think Seattle can be there I think they're quietly I think they're exactly where think, they want to yeah, be yeah I think they're where they want to be. They're not being talked about as much, except if you listen to Colin Cowherd. But well, they still reckon that. Um, oh, who's their quarterback? Bloody Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Well, they reckon that he's um, still an MVP shout. Russell Wilson. Oh, they reckon, yeah. They reckon it's pretty much him. Like, apparently, if you listen to Cowherd, he's well. We're a big. I was listening today, and they were saying that Russell Wilson has now passed Peyton Manning for the most winning games. In these throughout his first nine years, and also past Tom Brady in playoff games. I really hope he just doesn't in turn the into the years. next Aaron Rodgers, and just gets stuck at a small market forever. And they just eventually stop giving him the help. Do you think he he won a championship with Seattle though too? Well, he did, but so did Rodgers. But uh, but that's that's insane. They've both got a championship. It's not like they can't. It's just what the front office does for them, and what they can do from there. Yeah. Um, the big one out today is the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Um, he, after the game, got injured, MCL, ACL. He, after the game, tweeted, see you next year. Mm. That's a massive injury. There's been, and there's also well, been think- talks come out that he's upset with the Bengals for the mismanagement of, issue, of injuries, and that's why he's... As hurt as he is, because mm. they're, they're not going great, and he's been their only shining. But light. in saying that, Cincinnati hasn't been hasn't been a great team since the early two thousands. Yeah. They've, I don't think they've been in the playoffs in the last six years. But if they're building, it's on him. Yeah, well, like he's there. He's what they're. But that's also like them marketing. He's going to be a franchise player, whether or not you can build around that. Because Cincinnati's not a big market either. Their, their owners are notorious for not putting money in to, to do the right things. Coolest helmets in the NFL, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what do we think of the 49ers? They're, they're slipping very quickly. Considering they were in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. They're sitting last in the conference, four and six. But that, that also goes to show there's pressure now on... Jimmy Garoppolo, their quarterback, is well, he is he the answer for them? Well, because there's continuous reports saying that he's having trouble, like between the team and the coaching staff with him. I think defenses are starting to figure him out too, boys. I just think their window's closed. I reckon their window was last year, mm. the year before. I think that window's shut. Porn star Jimmy is. I think he's done. I think that's his his chance is gone. Yeah, that's Do a that's a good just, co- yeah good shout, Coxie. Yeah. I think he's done. I don't think they're going to be 
coming back anytime mm. soon. Not under him, at least. They're just going to have to start. I think big call, but I think they're just going to have to start the rebuild or the reload. Yeah, and that just makes you wonder, like, what was Tom, it. Was Tom Brady in the right well, one saying get rid of him because he's he's not going to be. Well, I mean, you think Jimmy peaked, and Tom was like Brady was still he was still going well. Like yeah. he was, so they he peaked. Was being solid, and that was a yeah. so, that was a gr- that was a championship winning team too. Yeah. Well, in fairness to uh, Bill Belichick, normally with a quarterback. You don't expect them to have the run that Brady's had. Yeah. So he was thinking, all right, Jimmy's going to come in at just the right time. It's going to be a seamless transition, mm. and we can carry this on for the next, you know, 10, 12 years. Mm. A bit like our Melbourne are planning on doing it with Harry Grant yeah, coming absolutely. in for Cameron Smith. Absolutely. But I think, to back off what Coxie's saying, we, I think we need to cut him a bit of slack. They're in... Arguably the the toughest division consistently in the tough NFC throughout. NFC yeah. that that's that is the hottest contested division where you've got three teams in the positive and the forty nine is very unlucky not to be positive or at least even. Yeah. But so four and six. That they were dominating that, or at least mm. at the top of. But that this division. is what gets yeah, me. But you could also the top of that division for the last three four years. But yeah. LA, the LA Rams were should have been better last year and they weren't. And I think they realise that. That's why they're. Yeah. What gets me, away. boys, is if you just pick up the 49ers and move them down into the same, same um, sort of conference there. Put the down in the east with Philly, New York, Dallas. They're the sitting con- second. Consistently, the most they're sitting first. They're sitting, sitting first. first. Oh, they're sitting first, are they? Mm. Oh, sorry, I couldn't see that. Yeah, the east first. is consi- instead of last, they consistently from last third, and then FC South. It's oh, the it's east nuts. is a joke. The mm. east isn't. Absolute joke. I mean, as it's it the stands, only chance we have of ever doing anything. As it stands, as New Eagles York, fan. New York are going. Like they're going. They're moving up, and they're just going to get creamed out of the first round. Yeah, it's gone. Well, though, there was talk early on. Philly played New York a few weeks ago. Philly came away with the win, and they were like, "That was the uh, one where Denny Jones tripped over." Yeah, yeah. It was. Yep. Mm. And New York should have won, but. Eagles, Eagles won. Good performance. Um, but there was talk out of that that if anyone was going to do anything out of that, it was going to be Philly. They just needed the pieces to click. They have the roster. They're just not clicking. And they had a lot of COVID issues early. They just dog shit. They are just... That division... It's just it needs, shit. It needs Let's go. Let's go to shake drop up. them. Let's drop them and put a team in each of the other divisions and fuck that off. Mm. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent, definitely. Because then when you get to these playoffs, you want to see these great games. And in the first round, you got dog shit like teams that. Teams are just getting Who? just and that's, that's, and blown that's out. The, that's the problem with like if you've got a division like that where they're all on a losing record, as I said before, three and six, and they're winning the conference. Yeah. How can you have that sort of team in the playoffs? And you've got teams that are sitting third and they're six and four. We well, got teams like San Francisco sitting last and they were in the Super Bowl last year. Mm. Like if they mm. were playing the same teams consistently each week that Philly and and Dallas yeah. and that are, they'd be so much higher. Philly have got a really tough run soon too. It started this mm. weekend against the Browns. And I mean <laughs> it, it, and there's nothing better than seeing Dallas lose. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just, doesn't matter who you go for. Nothing you better. go for anyone. I go everyone for Atlanta, like, mate. Come on. You can go for anyone. 
be Yiddle. Everyone likes to see Dallas lose. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Biggest one there. All right, uh, gentlemen, are we good to move on here? And get on to we'll start yeah. talking. We'll look at the uh, the Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. Now, boxing rules. exhibition. If we look at these rules, <coughs> what do we think, boys? What are we thinking? I think some of shocking. these rules. Do we have you got them written down there, Roscoe? So yeah. disappointing. So the California State Athletic Commission has come out and said that if there's a cut on either fighter, they have the fight must be stopped. So the whole fight stopped. That's it. Well, now I don't know if this has been clarified or not, but I'm thinking if there's a cut on a on a fighter's arm, are they going to stop the fight? You'd think so. You'd think so. But wow! So any cut, through, it's through done. If it's if it's any, but I I also wonder if they haven't clarified that. Is it like supposed to be like a normal boxing match? If it's a significant cut. That they can't close, like yeah, if they don't continue they get, with a cut. They of, can't yeah. continue it. Like if they split their, just say they split their eyebrow open, and they can't close it with the glue or the Vaseline. I think that's more of a. My thing it is, we don't know because Tyson's a lot older than he was, but consistently he didn't really let people uh, stand around long enough for him to cut. Mm. Sort of knocked them out. Too early for us to see him cut anyone. And you think for someone like Roy Jones, who, if I'm being honest, looks significantly smaller than Mike Tyson, even at even at fifty, fifty six or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but I think both of those guys have got to have a lot of scar tissue. Yeah. Mm. Like it can't be hard to open up that no. scar tissue, regardless of mm. the years of healing. Like you can't tell me that they're not they're doing something physical. They've They've, it's got to it's got to stay there. There's no way at that age that you've got complete repair. How long was Tyson's career? It's quite a lengthy Since, one. Was it 85 that he started? Yeah, it's quite a lengthy career as a, as an amateur. A couple of years off in the middle there for mm. stint. Well, he went, I, right, I worry, he went right through the 90s. But I worry more so about Roy Jones. Roy Jones at the end of his actual like when he was fighting consistently was on the decline sharp. Had a fight against Danny Green, gets knocked out in the first fifteen seconds. It didn't even look like he got knocked out; it looked like a fall. Danny hit through one punch, mm. and Danny said after he just knew that he wasn't even in the ring mentally, mm. let alone physically. So I, 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 I'm nervous for Roy Jones because mm. he is an absolute legend. Well, they say that he was he was f- very very defensive minded fighter, so a very similar style, and maybe the originator of Floyd Mayweather style. Mm. Yeah, They're absolutely, like one of the best defensive fighters that that's been in the last twenty thirty years. So yeah, and he's got that on his side. But I'll tell you what, but you look at some of that footage of Iron Mike, mm. round six and seven and eight. He might be a bit slow, but coming out early, not even, I'm not standing there. Not even round six, seven, eight. I'm looking at the training videos that he's doing at 56 or whatever he is. Oh, that bag is just getting pounded. And just the power through his oh. hips turning into that jab. Yeah. Uh, not to that jab, that uppercut. Fuck. Yeah. That hook, that left hook that knocked out so many fighters. 
every single person yeah. apart from Holyfield. <laughs> now, was there a rule where they can't hit each other's heads? Was you can't actively we... look for the knockout. Right. They can punch to the head, but they can't be... I think it, I think it's more so for the big uppercut, the finishing punch. Well, that, that works in Roy Jones. Roy Jones' favour. That was mistake. Immensely. Yeah. So we're going to see a lot of body shots. A lot of body shots. A lot of body shots. But Tell you what, but a couple of those Iron Mike oh, punches. You walk him, work that bag. He lands one in the kidneys and cracks a couple Damn. of ribs. All of a sudden, and it's a long not, time retired. We're not these, uh, <laughs> these rules get so clarified well. closer to the fight as yet to be seen too. Well, yeah, These well, come well, out today. Well, what happens Well, with what Snake is saying about the um, the targeted shots, how's, how's the referee going to deem whether he's targeted? Well, that's it. How do you call it? I think they're relying on the sportsmanship of the fighters. <laughs> now I tell you what, we look at we look at Iron Mike's history. He's a different man now. But I, you flick that switch in that cage. Well, yeah, looking and again at that training video, he's not he's not looking to throw little soft jabs. He's, and we've put, yeah, he's and we've thrown hands, man. He's we've <laughs> learned a lot recently about his mindset and his training from a young age. Mm. Um, fellow podcaster Joe Rogan had an interview with him. And uh, don't know if you've heard of it. It's all right. Um, where they talked about the um, the mindset of what he was doing to go into the fights, and it was it was full on animalistic. Well, he said that he stopped training because he was scared that he was going to get back into that elite level mindset. The full, where is, where yeah. is this going to go? Full nuts and just train non-stop exactly like he has mm. to, the, to nearly to the point where he's going to just drop dead well he he says uh, throughout his training and same thing listening to Joe Rogan's podcast um, about how he was hypnotised and they would use hypnosis quite often in order to get him trained and ready to get him in that mindset of you can't be stopped that the great Costamoto yeah, how how much testosterone do we think these boys are taking? Well, we know he owns the weed that, farm, so yeah, like, to be in, to be in that much shape at their age, there must be some sort of injection of testosterone somewhere. Uh, and if it's an ex- exhibition match, you wouldn't have thought that they're going to be. Yeah, but I wonder because it's still on. under the um, CSAL. I wonder if that's like. If they're still going to drug test, if it's under a professional athletic mm. body, yeah, I think. But I think the only, the only other thing is, though, I think is if it's an exhibition match, is there going to be as much restrictions on it? Because mm. if it's not oh. deemed a professional fight, they, they may very well just be able to do whatever they want. Well, have have the pr- promoters done a genius job and said, you know what, it's an exhibition, exhibition as for that. Roscoe's saying, get them on all the stuff that they need. Look like a bloody. And you're Push not bike you're race not, from the nineties, yeah. and you're not worried about eight, like we said, five, six, seven, eight round, mm. where they're all buggered, they're all stuffed, they're two minute rounds. Yeah, mm. you've got guys that are juiced up, they're not. And just thinking about it, coming up with facts on the run, I wonder. We've looked at it in the past, like you can have replacement therapy. The UFC use replacement therapy, and it's approved to use steroids if you've been on them before because you've got to keep your testosterone up. So you get people like, these guys have been professional fighters for a long time. Obviously, they've used steroids throughout their careers to like recover from injuries. And 
and I'm sure they did it after they retired. They would have done it. Done it. They'd, you would think, be, you they'd would almost after, have yeah. approved steroid use. These blokes, yeah, because of the because of their I would age. Yeah, so that dosage isn't enough to jack them right up. Yeah, but they could to those ta- high doses. But they, they could, could take, take a little bit more, and maybe it wouldn't be as. Well, if yeah, they're, if they're, they're just, yeah, yeah, well, we know how the TRT program went in the UFC. It was an absolute shambles. We had Vitor Belford come in looking like he's 20 years old. 20 years and, old and um, looking like a god. Look like, looking like he could do a stand and double backflip. You've, you've got Uber and without a skateboard. I mean, his muscles had muscles. Uh, just un. is the biggest joke in the uh, UFC. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uber was pretty, yeah. pretty huge. But. Different beast. Yeah. If you are, let's say, <coughs> hypothetically, you're Roy Jones uh, Jr.'s coach throughout his entire life, um, he calls you up and says, do you want to come out of retirement with me? Plan to do a fight. He tells you it's against Mike. He tells you it's going to be an extra Heavy eight months day. of training. Pay-per-view. What do you say to him as a coach? What I do you say no to him? Idea. I have no idea. I don't know if I could ever get myself in that mindset. What do you but in saying that, if, if he's in the confident mindset, you, you just sort of have to go, well, let's do it then. If he's in yeah, that I confident th- mindset, you have to go along with him. If you'd pull I back. I think you ask him. I think you ask him. See what his response is. And if he's confident, you go with it. If he, if he stumbles or... You know, he hesitates a little bit, you just don't do it. Because you need to be 100% ready for that. You need to Roy go called him out. Tyson's original fight, I think he was meant to fight Holyfield or someone like that that he like used to fight back in the day. And I think there was a pullout and Roy Jones came out and said, I'll do it. I'll yeah. take him on. From memory, I think, I can't confirm that and please don't fact check it, but <laughs> I'm sure that that's how it went. I think he was meant to fight someone yeah, like Holyfield right. and then, yeah, there was a pullout. And then he was like, "No, I'll um, I think, I'll take him." I think Lennox Lewis said that he was. It might have been Lewis, yeah. He was offered the fight, but he turned it down. Yeah, yeah. He it was, was someone like, I'm, from I'm around that, that time. It was someone from around that period that he used to fight against that he was meant to. And then yeah, and then it all went down. And then Roy Jones stepped up and said he'd do it. So Coxie, back to what you were saying. You're saying if he's confident and if you feel like you would ask him, and if you would say that, would you back into his corner? Would you do it for him one last time? If you're his trainer, yeah, I think you would. I mean, how long has his trainer worked with him? All, we're saying like all well, we're his saying life, we're, his we're just it's just a hypothetical. We're saying mm. he's been there throughout his entire career. Yeah, and he comes up and he's out of retirement, and he says to you, "You coming to back me in the corner? Would you be afraid to throw in the towel? Like in the fight when they're fighting? Well, I mean, I wouldn't be." I mean, if you're thinking about his health. But, I mean, looking yeah. at the rules of this, <coughs> doesn't really sound like it's going to be a really hardcore fight. I think, well, I think we realise that all goes out of the window. when yeah, Mike, as soon as they step Mike the Tyson. Well, yeah, as soon as, that, as soon as that bell goes, they touch gloves. I yeah. mean, I reckon that's on. It's on. Yeah. yeah, no, I think I think you just have to back your fighter. But, yeah, you have to back him, and you'd probably already talk about that before you go into You've got to give him you, 100% if, confidence. I think if you have hmm. a situation where, like... When Tyson Fury just belted the shit out of Deontay mm. Wilder, that's when you throw in the towel. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the right decision. If if you if you're in his corner and they he says, "All right, I want you to train me for this fight," 
You need to talk your man up and you need to build him up that he thinks he is. Even if you don't think, you need to start thinking it. Mm. And you need to think, all right, you're 10 foot tall, you are bulletproof. There's no way you can lose this fight because he needs to get in that mindset. Yeah. And you need to be the bloke that puts him there. But that's, that's, so, what, that's I think that's what yeah. I'm saying though too. Yeah. You go, like if he wants to do it, you go along with it. Yeah. As far as it can go. Yeah. And what happens if you tell him no, he's just going to get a new trainer. Yeah. If, if he's up for the fight, you just get a new trainer. Yeah, you make that call trainer. early. You go, yeah. maybe yeah. I'm not the man for you. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, are you better off just saying no to him? Let him get another trainer. It's not on your conscience. Mm. But tomorrow, yeah, you, you got to look at his kids, at his wife and stuff and say, I was in his corner when this happened. Or, or do you go, I know I've got his best interests at heart. It's better for me to look after him than somebody else who I don't know if he would. And again, mm. that comes down to if you... It's the type of person that the trainer is not. Or not to, and equally, it could go the other way too. Yeah. Absolutely, like yeah. it's not and an out going to be a result. The amount of Mike, weed Mike Tyson's been smoking in the last 10 years. I, I just, I think, I, I only brought it up because I think when we think about who's going to get knocked out, our first thought is Mike Tyson's going to knock him out. Mm. Roy Jones if someone's Jr., getting knocked out, it's Roy Jones. A prof- yeah. a, he's, a, he's a professional defender, mm. professional boxing defender. That's what he does. He doesn't mean he can't knock someone out, but he's not known. He's yeah. not known for that. Mm. He's known for his defense, his and ability his to play the game, to wear him down. Yeah. And as Roscoe was bringing up, um, Deontay Wilder. Thoughts on him dropping his coach after he made a great decision to throw in the towel and the excuses that he's come up with. And I think that's the thing. It's just excuse after excuse and it's just coming off very poorly like as a sore loser. The person he needs to sack is his fashion designer for putting him in something that was 50 kilos freaking heavy and wearing him out before he got to the ring. Was it 40 pounds? The headpiece itself was like 20 pounds or something. He said that. Was it actually forty pounds? Like that's what I wonder. Like the bloke was absolutely sweating his guts out when he got to in, the ring. But in saying that as well, he's, he's a fighter. That's what they yeah. do in the warm ups. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. In the warm ups, they're out there. These punching bags. 99 percent of the fighters that come that out, was, they're sweating. Yeah, that was that, was a, that he, was a thirty second walkout. Yeah, Tyson Fury was all over him that whole fight. Yeah, leaning like using and his then, using his weight and height as an advantage to. Putting his weight on and him. You look at the way Wilder comes out when he yeah. fought, the dancing and the jump, and he did the full, um, the full ring routine from Rocky One. He did like, the full routine. <laughs> <laughs> like he, 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 he came out in the Creed uniform and was doing the dances, and we're coming to America. But like, I think that was yeah. that was that was the difference between the two fighters, though. Too Fury gets into that mindset, and the first fight. He was nowhere near where he was in that second fight. He was one fight before that Deontay Wilder fight. Like one professional fight before that. And he he did smoke him. He knocked yeah, him he out. But it was like he was still 20 pounds overweight. 20, 30 pounds overweight. So it's just sort of... He came into this, that, that second fight, with a game plan. Jab, use the inside... Inside jab, shorten the distance. Wilder can't get that over over hand right. Yeah, St- completely the nullified every Wilder attack. Yeah, if you've still got the energy to knock somebody 
down as big as he did in the last round, you can't blame the walkout. You can't blame the uniform. But you also think Toss Fury got up when he looked dead yeah. on the canvas. That's what I mean. If you've got the ability regard, to do that regard, to somebody, that's on you. You just count. lost the fight. Yeah. Regardless of the ref count, he got up and he won the rest of that round. So, final verdict, boys. Are we going uh, Tyson for that one? Most nah, people? I think it'll be a draw. Tie. Yeah, that's what they're saying. I actually think that's an interesting take because it, it seems like that's some of these big fights that have happened in the last few years. You look at uh, Glovkin versus Canelo. That went three fights. One of them was a draw. The second one was a draw or something. I look at this more along the same lines as McGregor Mayweather than I do of anything else. Well, I think yeah, it's a the, purely an exhibition. But I'm also like the only you way think that of the, 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 those huge fights that have happened, yeah, Golovkin versus Canelo, yeah, and then Fu- even Fury versus Wilder, that was a draw. That first fight, yeah, no result. But the only way that you can win this fight is through an accidental knockout. It's the only way they can win the fight. Has it been deemed as a like? It's been put down as a... It's not a professional fight. It's been put down yeah. as an exhibition. And you can win it on an accidental knockout, but you can't be looking for the knockout. And I don't think they're going to count points. Well, but, And I think we can all agree that once they get in that ring, it's not going to happen like that. No. Like it's yeah. It depends on their mindset. I yeah. think it'll be a draw. I don't think, I don't think it can be refed like that. The, what's the ref going to say? The ref will come up and say... I'll take a point off. Well, we're not counting points. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So the, the whole, it's not being targeted, it's not going up, it's not going to matter. Tyson's going to go out there. The longer this gets drawn out, it's, if it gets delayed one more time, Tyson's going to be looking for his head first, <laughs> second round. Yeah. He is going to be trained and ready. Mm. And he's going to be ready to just go out. Exactly. So Tyson for you, Muzzy? Yeah. Yeah. Roscoe? No, I think Tyson. Yeah. Same. As much as I like Roy Jones, I just don't think they're on the same sort of level or the same sort of sportsmanship level either. So I think Tyson's just going to take it. Yeah. You yeah. going Tyson too? Go I'd to probably you. go Tyson yeah. too. Yeah. Um, look, let's move on to the UEFA. Oh, sorry. We'll go to we'll go to McGregor first. <laughs> now, are we expecting much from him, from him when he comes back next year? I think he's going to go full beast mode. I think he left thinking that his legacy was going to be one thing and now he's saying that it's not. So I think he wants to add to it. He's just going to come in with the same mindset as every fight. Like, that he's always going to win and he's going to win it by however he says. Mm. And I think as much as Poirier's been on a decent run of late, I just don't think they're on the same level. They weren't on the same level when they first fought. But in saying that, McGregor's been out for a year. Yeah, almost longer, I'd say. Yeah. yeah, quite a while. So, but he, but in saying that, he knocked the shit out of Cowboy too. So, you just don't know. I just don't think Poirier's on the same level as him. He looks so good in that fight with Cowboy. Yeah. Like, ridiculously good. But is that also more of a reflection on Cowboy than it is no. on Connor? No, that's not a knock on Cowboy at all. Yeah. I think Cowboy was red hot. You're starting to sound a bit like think, Stephen A there trying no, to bag No, no, I think Cowboy was in as good a shape as he was going to be in. I don't okay. think he was going to win. I, d- I never thought he was going to win. Yeah, I never thought he was going to win either. 
He's always been that company first fighter. He's just a workhorse. Yeah, but that's that's what I mean though. Like he's he's never been an overly elite. He's been a journeyman. Yeah. Rather than a. His his best chance through his whole career at a title has been more recent. Was about was the time when he fought Connor. Because he'd gone up in weight classes. As soon as he'd gone up in weight classes, he'd actually had more luck than he'd ever had in in string on consistent wins. And then he met Connor's shoulders and four but of those had, bad he boys. Hadn't won that, all that many before that. In that weight class he had, but he'd won three or four in a row. Mm. Coming from a pretty good career in the in the weight class below, I think that's why they were like, I think you're good to go. Looking at a title shot, I think he almost had the shot of. Can't remember who it was, but it was like if you beat this bloke, you get a title shot, or if you beat Connor, if you fight Connor, you get paid. Mm. I don't, yeah. and I don't think he, I don't think he was ever going past the interim championship. He wasn't. He wasn't going to be champ, champ. He was going to be. Like he's yeah, a he's a, a he's a hall of famer. Like he's he'll gonna be, he'll be a hall he of holds famer, that many he holds that many records. Well, he's had that many wins. It's in ridiculous the, like, in the UFC, but it won't matter. Yeah. Do we think he's gonna? It's gonna take him a while, McGregor. That is to get back to where he was. Do you think, Roscoe? What are your thoughts? Because he's it's not like it's not like you know it's been a while, but over a year now. Oh look, as he gets older, it's gonna be tougher, but. Mm. I don't think it's going to change his... His greatest asset is his mental mental game. Mm. Yep. He's physically gifted and a great fighter, but you look at all those press conferences before every fight, is just mental. All mental. It's all in his head. Yeah, he does. He, he does get, like He gets the, in their head and he I destroys think, them. I think Poirier is, but he's, he'll be right. He's done it before. He didn't really get into his head the first time. He just got out fought. Like, he just got beat. Poirier would be fine. I just don't know whether or not... It's it's just going to be tough because we haven't seen Connor in a year and we've seen Dustin fight and he just fought well. Yeah. I think when we see Connor, he's going to be absolutely just balls to the wall. You don't think it's going to take a fight or two to no. warm back he'll, up? He'll jump straight in. He always does. No. Okay. Like he did that with Khabib and it backfired, but he also made bank on it too. Khabib, I don't know how well he could have been prepared for the Khabib fight. I don't think he was always getting beat. Well, I think Khabib just showed everyone when he fought Gaethje that there's just, just, there's just no one going to stop him. There was such a no distance between who's between him and second. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, all right, well, with that being said, let's uh, move on to the EPL. So I'll just go through the uh, results that have just gone on on match day nine. So Chelsea got over Newcastle 2-0. Uh, yes. Brighton 2-1 against Aston Villa. Tottenham 2-0 against Man City. Uh, the Tottenham great, fan these days, Coxie. The great Man United 1-0 over West Brom, of course. Uh, Everton 3-2 over Fulham. Uh, West Ham 1-0 to Sheffield United. Leeds and Arsenal had a draw. Liverpool 3-0 over Leicester. Burnley 1-0 over Crystal Palace. Wolves and Southampton won apiece. Boys, I know it's only early days, but who's looking good so far? Who do we think? 
I don't want to say Liverpool because I'm really, really worried about You can't about say Liverpool. Roster. We, are th- we are thin at the minute. I know they look great. 3-0 win against like Leicester, who are also red hot. Well, you have to say Leicester are top 14. But you look they at that. Top six, four, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that back four for us, only one of them was our regular back, like, was in our starting team most weeks. Like, they look light on. Mm. I think the only thing I can say for Leicester at the minute, there's six six wins, zero draws and three losses. So they, they do tend to drop games that they should either draw or win. So that that's probably their biggest downfall at the minute. Yeah. They got caught out defensively against Liverpool. Liverpool were just too sharp. Yeah. I think um, Tot- Tottenham has really turned the corner. And I think, love him or hate him, Jose Mourinho, when he's on, he's on. He's a genius. And he, when he brings it on, he makes players like Harry Kane, who may, I personally think he's not as great as a striker. He's been put in a great situation in Tottenham. He's had great support from Sun. He's got an absolutely loaded midfield, and that's with Ericsson gone. So, what you, so, what, so in saying that, what do you do with Kane? Do you keep him up front, or do you drop him back to maybe a centre forward and then keep Son up front? I think Son provides a lot of opportunities for everyone around him as a lot of defences are worried about him. A lot of defences are worried about what's he, what he's going to do to them. A lot of defences are worried about his vision, his ability to finish. Very, He plays a lot like Salah, but in a central role. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say that. I'd play him a bit like Liverpool play Fabinho. They just play him in the middle there and he just works to Salah and... I think the problem is Harry, Harry Kane as a, the as, ball a, handling. as a defensive set is yeah. a big issue. Yeah. He cannot track back yeah. and oftentimes refuses to mm. and will do so for the national team as well. Which is mm. what you want from your England captain. Mm. Yeah, which is fine in the role that he's in, but he needs to evolve his game. But at this stage, Tottenham are sitting top and it's they're not pretty. they're not they're not worried because Kane's firing, mm. he's scoring, Sun's firing, they're both playing at an elite level and you've got a midfield of unknown players. Well, not unknown, most of them are known, but they're a midfield of players that not are superstars. Not superstars. Of. They're not drawing you don't have your Ericsson's. Well, no you don't you don't have You've your Ericsson's. Got, yeah. Exactly. No the, ego. There's no egos. It's You've got Lacelso there yeah. and just those yeah. working hard yeah. players that will and work through. You've the got middle. three or four players that all used to play CDM mm. or have played CDM who are now slotting into normal centre mid roles. Well, in saying that, you've got Son and Kane in the top five of the scorers too. So you've got Son sitting on nine goals and Kane sitting on seven goals. So, and from, goal, goal scoring is not a problem at the minute. And you'd like to see that because you'd very rarely see. Teams that have one out and out scorer mm. at the top of the ladder. Mm. Well, that, yeah, you look, you've got, you got you've got to lean on combinations, and that's what Tottenham have got mm. at the minute. They've got combinations firing. But I just wanted to make a mention of um, obviously Everton had a great start to the season, 
everyone's talked a lot about them. Team that not a lot of people have talked about, Southampton. Got a big win this morning. Very important. Puts them right in touching distance. They're about in that fifth, sixth range for a spot. They might creep in for a Europa spot, mm. possibly even a Champions League spot. If huge. they continue to play the way they're playing, you've got Theo Walcott who scored his first goal in... I think it's yes, five years. A long time, <laughs> a long time for his team. Yeah. He has scored a few for the national, I think, in between that time. But for he for his team, he has he's definitely showed up to be the player that they thought he was going to be. Mm. And Everton in that regard as well, firing on all cylinders through the middle and up front. I think at the minute, defense is probably the only thing letting him down. Mm. Yeah. I mean, what they got? They got Calvert Lewin, top goal scorer, ten. Yeah, yeah. if he keeps that up, yeah, if he keeps that up all year, they're going to have to be somewhere around that top four. You think? Even even pushing that top four spot. Mm. Well, that, only like that, one, one that Hummers trade. You mm. go back to that and that free, free that they got him for basically. Mm. Unbelievable piece of business by that team for a team. For years now, that has struggled to be back to where they were. They were consistently finishing just outside in your Europa spots or just outside the Europa spots. They're finally back to that stage where they've had a couple of years off. There's a few years where they were just slumping in, yeah. in around that 10, 11, 12 spot. Yeah. Like not even top 10, just sort of yeah. flopping it out. Who's disappointed you? Oh, I think it's. Both the Manchester teams, one. I think, at the minute. Uh, for me, it's yeah. definitely been uh, Manchester. Both, doesn't matter which. <laughs> I mean, both. I mean, they do have a game in hand, both of them. Um, and if they win those, it'll pop them up a bit, probably both in into the top um, top half of that table there. But in saying that, what do, you, what do you think the issues are there, though? I think for United, it's, it's got to be the defence. I think that's where it stems from. I think Harry Maguire, he's just copped a lot of... A lot of flack. Warranted flack. Warranted flack, of course. Um, like, at times he'll step up, I feel. He'll, you know, put a goal in. He'll do well in defence. But I remember there was a game there where he uh, he was fully pulling down. He was a Chelsea player in the box there. He was pulling this guy down. Referee didn't blow it. Could have quite easily been a penalty instead of a clearance out. Mm. So, and I think that was just a flip of the coin But call. is that also just a reflection on the culture at the club too? Just... No, they, Harry Maguire. <laughs> just Harry Maguire. Just Harry. Just Harry Maguire. What, but I mean, like, what, I mean bought, he's the captain, right? You guys, you guys bought Bruno Fernandes in the last four games of that 2019-20 season. I was even more than four games. We're undefeated. We're looking but, so but you know good. what I mean? Like, yeah. he came oh, yeah. At, he came yeah, at the very end and he looked like a completely different team. That's it, yeah. Just a fresh player coming in. But now it's just sort of false starting again for mm. yeah. And I do think the boys take a while to warm up. You know, it is a long season. Where they play thirty-eight games, yeah, thirty-eight like, games, and then over three hours of extra time at the end, mate. Yeah. Oh, and you've got you've got Champions League in that. Oh, yeah. Inter- yeah. international duties, yeah. all that. But I think to back off what Roscoe is saying, do you think there's a problem up top? Do you th- forget? Well, forget look, the we, coaches that they've had. I also think Ed the Woodward. Ed Woodward needs to pull his finger out. He's been needed to pull his finger out for the last couple of years. I think. What does he need to do? I think he just needs to get the wallet out, get some like get a defender. Has, has he got the wallet out enough though? But I also, well, but I also wonder, do you have the right players in there? He's almost got it mm. out too much. Yeah. Well, you'd say because, he's got out too he, much with Maguire. 
But you forked out too much for him, but you also have players like Pogba, who notoriously don't get along well with managers. Mm. And then it's just all about the players rather than... Who we got rid of and then purchased back from Juventus. The but type but of players like, you to purchase back. Jose Mourinho was there and he was saying he was not getting enough support from up top mm. to pull these players into line. They're all being yeah. a bunch of divas, well, basically. I mean, with leadership, they all need to be on the same page, don't they? And, and, and that's a culture thing too. Mm. It's I not... Think, I think not just like... I think you see it in all sports. You see um, you see it in the Broncos, especially at the minute. You see clubs go in and you see this young group of players come through and they put on a jersey, and a famous jersey like that Man United jersey. And all mm. of a sudden they think they're the team that got all the success. Like Pogba thinks he's Beckham. Like, mm, and he thing. hasn't paid his dues. Like They haven't paid their dues. They haven't won the trophies. They don't have the right. Well, you compare this 2020 team to 2012 when they had still had Ryan Giggs and Scalzi and just compare it to the 2017 team but even then yeah you know what I mean like there's a completely different shift between players Mm. like you think (laughs) as much as he's a grumpy old bastard Roy Keane yeah held the line Mm. pulled them all in he set a standard set a standard and that was the culture of the Man United team. They mm. all played for each other. I think Oli's done well for, for what he's done so far. But I think this year's going to really test and see what he can do. For me, Oli doesn't have enough presence. You don't think? I don't think he's got a presence about him. I, don't, like, I think they need it at the minute. If he wants to turn it around, he needs to be able to walk in the room and, and actually be a presence. If he tries to pull him in a line, I don't think they're necessarily listening to him as much as they should be. What do you think they need, Coxie? Mm. I think we need a new centre-back for starters. I also think... Um, Are you going to say uh, Harry Kane for a second? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they also need a bit of patience too with some of the younger players that they bring in. So you think... You, I mean, I can list um, Memphis Depay. Is it Depay or Depay? Pay, yeah. pay. Um, so he came in. I forget where we bought him from, but you know, look what he's doing now with with Leon. Mm. But you also think like you've got uh, is it Reese James in the middle? He's he's going to be a great player, but are they being patient enough with him too mm. to let him? Well, I mean, we just uh, got in that bloke from Ajax. I forget his name. Name escapes me. Donny Vanderbeek. Yeah, and I thought he played really well when he first came, and then. I haven't really heard much of him. They've been having him on the bench. I think the problem is with Vanderbeek, you've got Vanderbeek's not overly high paid. He's a, he's a great player. He's he stabilizes your midfield. He's not he's the complete opposite to Pogba. Pogba's going to make chances, create chances. He's throwing everything to the wind. Vanderbeek steadies the ship, plays the game properly, and that's what he's, uh, well, he slows. Doing. You need that mix if him. If him and Pogba can play together, you've got the, a really great set in your midfield mm-hmm. and all of a sudden your attackers look better, your wingers look better, your your outside backs, mm-hmm. so your left and right backs, yeah. they yeah. all look you better. Even, you even add, if you add Fernandez into that triangle of yeah. Oh, yeah. and Vanderbeek. Oh, yeah. lethal. We also need Martial to be consistent. We need him to be able to finish one-on-ones. Well, I think that's also... Is the personnel a problem? Yeah. Is Martial a problem? 
is you've got Martial, oh. you've got Greenwood, you've got Rashford, Rashford mm-hmm. you've got Pogba, Fernandez, Van der Beek is coming off the bench at the moment. Fred, who somehow has gained, Still there. he's gained a, a consistent starting spot. Mm. I don't know how. They play him at a centre defensive mid. He's undersized. He tracks back, but lacks defensive awareness. But continue to play him. Yeah, well, there's a lot of problems there. I think, but I think it all starts with defense for those for that team anyway. Probably also with leadership if they're you know if they're not listening to the coach and if leadership is pulling in all different directions, if they think oh you know we can jump over Ollie if we go to Ed. And in saying that, is Maguire the right choice for captain too? Mm. Who do, who do you switch him with? Well, I always thought Bruno Fernandez would be a good choice. I would too. Marcus Rashford, give him some time to obviously grow up. Well, I, I think, yeah. He's but I think Bruno Fernandez future, for now, Bruno Fernandez for now, and I think Rashford probably in the future. Mm. Like, that's what I think. You need a stabilised head to to be your captain. Mm. Like we said, someone needs to hold a standard. Mm-hmm. Needs someone that's consistent enough. Someone who's got to hold every, all the players on that field accountable for every yeah. play, every but that's everything what I mean, that like, happens there. In comparison... Like, I'm a Chelsea fan. you got Frank. He's brought in all, a whole young team. Like, they they are... I think the average age would be, have to be under 26. Yeah. But he's also set a culture where he's got Thiago Silva as captain. Yeah. An old head. Mm. Managing Mixed these, with all young, the youth. these yeah. young kids. And you've got dynamic mm. players like Zayac and Werner. They might not be flying right away, but... Gonna get there, and that's the same with they got Havertz still going, mm. and he's still got to come up. And um, you know, not a lot of being said about Zuma, but he's he's working, he, he's defender. working, he's working his way into that team. Mm. He's working his way into that spot, and he had he hasn't been. Everyone touted him as the next best centre back, and he hasn't been that, but he's working towards it. So, Coxie, who do you think from the Man United defence you would keep? Wan-Bissaka, I like him. He's young. I yep. think he's good. Luke Shaw, I wouldn't keep. I'd get rid of him. I'd play that young fella. I forget his name now. Would you keep Bailey? It depends. Am I keeping Lindelof? Because I feel like United haven't had a good, proper centre-back pairing since Vidic and Ferdinand. Mm. Since then, it's just... Chop and change. Oh, Chaos. Mm. It's chaos. So is it just? But then the it's like, backs. do we blow it up now? Do they keep those players? Give them a bit more time. And times, I feel like times we run out for those boys. Well, yeah, you think. And I, mean, think, I think, I think, I think the big problem. The season that they've been there. I think the biggest problem is that they've spent that much money on Maguire. If they ship him off, then that's a failure straight away. Mm. But also, whereas if ship, he stays, if he stays and he actually wins something, then it's it's not as bad. So. They could be keeping there, keeping him there just to show that it's paid off. But it's also like you, you think that defensive line isn't working with those players up front as well. It's just a, mm. it's a distance between each section of the of the team. Like mm. your front your front two or three, there's a distance between them in the midfield, and then there's just a disconnect between the team. Mm. On a bigger scale, I think they're at a really interesting point. They make a few of the wrong moves. They're not that far clear of relegation that 
Oh, they're, they're close to being towards. But if they well, if I mean, they we make finished fourth game. last year. If the, I don't uh, think we're going to current situation. It's still, still, it's still early on. Still, we, it's, we're, it's, we're, that's what I mean. But if they make the wrong moves, mm. they could go down. What in one year you're saying? I wouldn't say one year. I'd say maybe if it's wrong moves over, you know, three, think, four I years. I think with some of the. I think when we get closer to the middle of the season, we'll have a better idea of the distance between each team as well. They were mm. pretty close towards at a point last year. They were only sitting a couple of spots that's, above. That's that's always going to be the difference between those top teams. Yeah, and then they yeah. finished. Yeah. Then they finished fourth. Your Southampton, yeah. your Everton, who will play consistently all season, but never have that money to bail them out. Mm. When transfer window comes around, United will always reg- have the money. It doesn't matter. Any of yeah. the top six teams in the Prem. Top four, well, top six now, including Leicester. Mm. I would include them in there because they're a big money spender. They're a big money spender now. 100%. So, well, yeah, they've got that any of those teams, when the trade deadline comes around, whether it be halfway through the season, start of the season, whenever it is, whenever it comes around, they're going to bail themselves out yeah. with a player that's going to give them one year. They've got that revolving door. One year, mm. enough to get them through the end of the year. Mm. Yeah. I mean, United wouldn't have finished fourth. If we didn't buy Fernandez, if we didn't buy him, yeah, I yeah. think we would have finished what probably still in top ten, I think, but it wouldn't have been close to top yeah, four. No. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you're right there, Muzz. I think that's hundred percent. Yeah. And that's always been the Premier League's problem. We've got, you've got those same teams that are going to make up the top mm. four. Insane. That does the does the EPL have a salary cap? No. Yeah. No. Do you think no. that needs to almost be? Implemented into the, the thing is at such a broad scale because we're talking about, you've got five major leagues in Europe alone, and yeah. players yeah. being yeah. transferred constantly. They've still got you, put cap, yeah. you put a cap, you put a cap on that. Real, Real Madrid, Real Madrid, Barcelona will never put a cap on. They will and never agree to. And that. no one else will ever win a Champions League. Yeah, mm. yeah. and they'll get all of the good players and. La Liga will get all of the franchise and the merchandise and mm. all of the views and everything because it's not going to be competitive. Yeah, so it's not just the centralised. It's that's it. In terms of like in terms of what FIFA done, and I know how corrupt FIFA is and everything and everything that people say, they've actually done a good job to regulate that Bundesliga, La Liga, um, Serie A, the EPL, any of the other leagues are competitive and are competitive enough to where we had a Bundesliga team win the Champions League. Yeah. Where it's not... Bundesliga is notoriously known as a as a, um, as a competition that is funded by the fans, where fans are majority stakeholders in teams. Yeah. They have that 51%. Which is really cool. Mm. Mm, yeah. I mean, look at the fan turn up for Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. I mean, they're nuts. Have to yeah. Some of the probably, images that come from oh. them, like, it's insane. It's awesome. Can I just make a mention, though? Zlatan Ibrahimovic, 39 <laughs> years old. <laughs> maybe the that's highest who, goal scorer in Serie A. Maybe that's who United need to go after. We've already had him. They had yeah, him. we go after him again. again. That's what I'm thinking. They flicked him up before. Pogba this. situation, get him back. Yeah. <laughs> um, all righty, fellas. Shall we move on to the Nations League? So oh, I was just, We haven't asked Muzz. 
What's going on with Man City? The one we're really interested in. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, before yeah. we move on. Is it too much The money? other is side it, of Manchester. It's it's Grass isn't always greener on the other it's, side. It's pretty simple. No grass on the other side. Pep, <laughs> Pep has uh, three window. Mm-hmm. Check by Munich. Check Barcelona. His fourth year... Of round about then, I don't, I don't know if it's exactly the fourth year, always has a major slump where the players, are, they're overplaying possession football. Yeah. And it's something that has always plagued him where he invests in the players, the players commit to it to the first two, three years, and he'll win titles, he'll win whatever he can. And after that, the players are just like, we don't want to play this anymore. It's it's the, it's the perfect yeah. game, the perfect game plan, but we just don't want to play it anymore. It's the same thing for Jose though too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a three-year window, and then did I yeah. see that he just resigned? Yeah. yeah, have not heard anything about it yet. I thought rumors rumors are if he doesn't, he'll be up for was it the Barcelona job? I heard Messi wanted him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, I, I thought but I'd then, seen then, something that he'd had recently. But then Messi, Pep said to Messi, "Just don't worry about it. We'll go to the PSG." PSG. Mm. I was about to say Bayern Munich. No, because PSG, <laughs> PSG are just at this stage. Um, money, they, money. They're not letting Neymar go, but at the same time, not attracting enough superstars to keep him. Yeah, you've got Mbappe, you've got Neymar. Mm. They let Edison Cavani go. Mm. Straight over to United, baby. Yeah. And he's been a wonder off the bench Let for them. Thiago I think he's got like one goal or something in eight mm. games. Um, let Thiago Silva go. And all the youth that they've brought in paid heaps of money for years ago. Mm. And you're looking at Leon possibly beating them in the French League. Yeah. Mm. Which should never happen. If, you, well, if you're the, the team... Amount, the amount of money that PSG has yeah, got compared yeah. to the rest of that whole... And you've got a Leon, Leon team that's playing mostly rejected players from EPL mm. and and yet he's... The coaching staff's in Chamble. Mm. I have heard that the facilities are great, though. Pay a lot of money for those facilities. It'd be worth going down <laughs> for a bit. But Let's go there for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Live a good life. But... <laughs> Bad. <laughs> yeah, to back of what Ross is saying, I think the the city is just in that slump. Mm. It's that fourth. They'll come. They'll come back strong. They'll finish the year. Don't think they'll win the league. I think it's really that top four: uh, Leicester, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Tottenham. It's. I think it's going to be a toss up, and if someone can gain control, they'll take it. Yeah. Which other minute? It's probably we'll call it like Tottenham. Mm. Yeah. Just like in I the said, way that they're playing think, their football. Yeah. I don't think... I love Liverpool, but I just don't think they're going to have the legs. Mm. It's going to be tough for Liverpool, yeah. I think. Really well, tough. Well, especially when, like, at least... Liverpool, Chelsea, playing Champions League. Yeah, and that's what I was just about to add. You add in Champions League schedules yeah. and... And all that kind of stuff, Especially and it just depending on oh, how takes it out of teams. Doesn't travel, it depends like, on how, yeah, how European Europe's going to cope with travel with COVID and yeah. stuff. I think they're pretty open at the minute. Don't have it in front of me either. I think we've got a pretty good pool in the Champions League. Yeah, you do. We, yeah. We've yeah. got a pretty good pool, so that'll be all right. But 
But later you'd on, have to think like in those gonna, group, like in the quarterfinals and things. Liverpool yeah. are Once we get to quarters, be dropping games in the prem. We'll be dropping games, dropping in, games one. in the Champions one League. Or the one other of them. We'll be dropping maybe games. both. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they just go stuff the prem and go full blown Champions League. Mm. Like they do love winning Europe, so it'll be interesting to see what approach they take there. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. All right. Muzzy. You away for Nations League. All right. So strap yourself Please in Please explain this to us. So really, I've uh, about hour, my, no idea. Hour and a half podcast. I'm about and, to turn my uh, mic off and just listen to Muzz just blow up. What is this? You, uh, <laughs> is this in... Before we like go into it, is it in... Instead of having like your international friendlies, oh, oh, don't, don't, no stress. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to that. There's okay. a full breakdown. Right. So, <laughs> I have done extensive research, boys. Um, also, because I just follow it because um, no one else will. Because I thought when I first heard it, when I first heard it, I thought it was a great idea, absolutely great idea. I thought, you know what? I was sick of watching friendlies between international teams. Yeah, oh, fucking Holland's playing against Bosnia. Yeah, I'll go watch that. Oh, look at that. Netherlands has played their – they've played 11 subs at halftime and now they're playing their second team. And Bosnia's gone and done the same. And now I'm watching a bunch of, I don't know, second graders from Bathurst Athletic play. <laughs> and um, I was just making a shout-out because they won third grade. Um <laughs> Didn't want to shout too much at the, the Collie's uh, Prem team. Grade. We don't go first, as high as first grade. First grade. Third grade, they third grade and below. They weren't as that good, all right? Um, Bath's <laughs> Athletic had uh, one third grade. But um, I, I, I just thought they've finally come up with a competition where you're going to have co- competitiveness. And I thought you're going to see a bunch of young players play who don't get the chance to play at Euros, don't get the chance to play at World Cups. You're going to see them come up to the ranks and get prepared for the Euros and for the World Cup. And it's just turned out into the most complex system that no one understands, no one cares. And teams are still playing. We had Spain versus uh, Germany the other week, 6-0. What a competition. (laughs) So glad I woke up to watch that. Absolutely terrible. Had... Fernand Torres, who comes off the bench for City, tearing Germany apart, had nothing. They had nothing. It was disgraceful. So the breakdown of how it works is there has been 20 teams already qualified. This is the problem. You've got 20 (laughs) teams already qualified for the Europa, for the Euro League. I was about to say, is it just European teams that are yeah, playing? Yeah, so it's just the European teams and they get, they, get set, they get set into uh, the nations and whoever the top four teams that make it through will then qualify for Euros. The problem is they've already got 20 teams that have qualified for Euros. So the top four teams that have made it through, which are Netherlands, Italy, no, Belgium and France are the top four teams. All four have already qualified for Euros. Of course they have. So you've got two sets of semifinals, then a final that they're playing for nothing. So that's when they play their bench players anyway. 
So they play their bench so, players so anyway. It's like a almost like a qualification. So what happens is the next set of teams. So the whoever's the highest rank that hasn't qualified mm. plays a playoff game against the second highest team. <laughs> yeah, uh, people listening at home, you might have to write this down to follow this. <laughs> they will play. So they've they've already played, and so that's their pathway. Whoever wins, so there'll be four games. Whoever wins each of the four games will then qualify for Euros. So if the higher seed wins, you're back to square one. If no, if the higher seed, yeah. Well, what's happened is so you've got the four teams, <laughs> the four teams left in the finals. Wowzers! All four have qualified, so all four are playing for nothing. Right. Right. Then no you point go, so there. what happens is they go, okay, let's go back to the teams that haven't qualified and that were the highest ranked in the <laughs> in the Nations League. So the highest rank were as follows from path A. So path A, you got Iceland, Romania, Bulgaria, and Hungary. Path B, you got Bosnia, Northern Ireland, Slovakia, and Republic of Ireland. Right? Then in Path C, you've got Scotland, Israel, Norway, Serbia, Path D, Georgia, Belarus, North Macedonia, and Kosovo. All right? So what happens after that? Those teams will play each other. They've already done that. They've played each other. The winner of that will play the other person in their group. The winner of that will then go on into the Euros. So you're telling me that I'm going to sit around and watch Northern Macedonia versus Kosovo... (laughs) And then the winner of that play Georgia and Belarus for a Europa spot instead of watching Netherlands versus Italy. Boys, I think think we're all set for Friday night. Unbelievable, boys. Set the gods. Unbelievable. Set the TV gods. Cannot believe it. Know what we're doing this week. So, anyway, (laughs) I I was in big favour of watching this and big favour of how – because I thought – Bosnia might actually have a chance to qualify for Euros. Funnily enough, we can qualify for the World Cup, but not for Euros. So I was a big fan of this. I thought, we've got a good chance. Going to see some competitive football. All we've seen is a bunch of Liverpool players get injured. We've seen... Yeah, I'd like to think the worst thing to see, though. We've seen an under-23s Spain team beat the living crap out of the Germany team. (laughs) And... Then we're going to go home and I'm going to watch Iceland versus Romania and Bulgaria versus Hungary and then watch them play each other in path A, so the top A, so they're the top path. So how the original works is it's a group stage. If your team wins a certain amount of games, the top team qualifies for the next group up. So you've got an A group, so A1, A2, A3, A4. B1, B2, B3, B4, all the way down, I think it goes to D or E. There's promotion and relegation. So they play six games each other. They'll, t- they'll play two rounds. Okay, so they'll play each other. So they'll play six times. The team on the top gets promoted. Team on the bottom gets relegated. The only way you can qualify for the Euros is getting into A1, A2, A3, A4, A... Well, A4, yeah. Then from there, they'll select the team. So if you win your group, you'll go into the playoffs. So that's what we've got. Netherlands, Italy, Belgium, and France. They've won each of their groups. Bosnia finished fourth in their group, got relegated, yet still made the playoffs. (laughs) So we're still playing for a Europa spot, for a Euro League spot, because of how low it was. 
they got relegated from the A group to the B group and still got into a playoff game. And we're in path B. So that means that they were the one, two, three, four, five, sixth highest ranked team that was left remaining. That's well, a whole lot of work. At I feel like going to watching the Matrix wow. Reloaded now because that makes oh, more sense than that does. I was about to say, right. I'd love to see that on a board with all the red lines. To wrap it up. To wrap it up. That much madness. If I was running FIFA, and FIFA, I hope you're listening. You'd have, a lot, be, you'd have be, a lot of money. This, oh, I'd be the, I'd be the, most, cru- I'd be the most, most corrupt FIFA official. <laughs> And that's so and that's saying and that's saying yeah. yeah. He still couldn't get Bosnia to a world and cup. That, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But if I am FIFA, stuff all of this, just scrap it. Say it was shit. No one understood it. No one cares. No one's paid drop the Europa the Euro League qualifiers. Mm. Yeah. Implement the Nations League as. Your qualifiers in a separate area, so the qualifiers come after it. Your winners of the top four groups don't have to participate in Euro qualifiers. Yeah. They don't have to. You put in your top teams. Go by rank. I don't want to go out there and freaking watch Bulgaria play versus Romania. Mm. And I don't think there's a lot of people that are outside of Bulgaria or Romania who want to watch that game. I don't even think they want to watch it. Yeah, they probably don't. It's simple. Go back to... A simple league where the winners actually get something. Yeah. You're playing a league where the winners get nothing. Mm. Yeah. So make it like an actual They get a trophy. Get a competition yeah. going. Yeah. Make it that the top four teams qualify. Then they don't have to participate in Euro qualifiers. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're going to have a bunch of friendly games between four teams. Mm. Is that a big enough sacrifice? Yeah. yeah. If those four teams won the nation leagues, guess who they are? Probably the best teams. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. didn't you don't mind watching their friendlies. Mm. But instead, so, you're gonna watch a bunch of low ranked teams play each other for a, a playoff verse. A bunch of farmers so running around. Yeah. The football. So you're saying that for the Euro League, you have like your top sixteen teams and they're sort of qualified already through and then you have There's twenty teams that have already qualified. Yeah. I think it's twenty and twenty four or something. Yeah, twenty so, teams that have qualified. The top four to move in and then get mixed into that. Yeah, and yeah. if the top four, you already you go do the nations league first. Mm. Do the nations league first. Get your four teams out. Yeah, your four teams already qualified. They they can take weeks off. Mm. Give them an advantage. Yeah. They deserve an advantage. They won the nations league. Yeah, make mm. it about something. Yeah, mm. giving them a, give them an advantage like such as they can play their youth in the qualifiers. Mm. Or if they don't want to participate in the qualifiers, they can just play friendlies. Yeah, I wouldn't right. mind watching friendlies between Netherlands and Belgium. Mm. You're still going to see quality players. Yeah. yeah, And you're still going to see a bunch of young players that want to play and want to play up. Make it easy for them. They get through. They get a break off. That's what you, you should deserve that if you're a top team. If you're a top four team, why shouldn't you get an extra and work? Those, and those games are important for... Development, yeah, because that sets them up for World Cups and that when yeah. you need to rely on your depth. Yeah. Same problem that Germany's Absolutely. having now. Yeah, Germany's ha- got an aging roster. They've brought in a whole bunch of youngsters that have never played in their top team. They got to so play them all at the same time. For them yeah. to play those young players. Yeah, yeah. and they in just an get pumped. Competition. They yeah. just get pumped in an elite competition that's supposed to be our answer to when Euros aren't on because mm. the Euros aren't on every year. Yeah. 
Make it about something. Make him play it first. Put qualifiers after. If someone wants to watch the rest of the teams play, it's going to be competitive. You're going to have a normal Euro qualifier setup, but you're not going to have top uh, those top four teams in it. So you're going to see a whole lot of other teams mixing with each other and playing hard. Yeah, because they want to win that. They want to make it through. They, they want that extra win. money. Need to win those games. They yeah. need that money. And then you can use that sort of money to develop the game in those not not as big yeah. countries as well. Yeah. Where the budgets aren't as big yeah. and yeah. where soccer isn't well, bringing it, and in. Where and where FIFA should be investing. Yeah. Because where yeah. do you when yeah. once you FIFA's expanded through all of the big countries, mm. where can they go now? We, we if you're just, not expanding, you're dying. Yeah. Well you yeah, look at how it, easy they make it. Just, they they the amount of effort they go to to make sure America are in each World Cup. Yeah. Like, setups like that. Well, and then yeah. they still don't make it and it just makes a mockery of the whole system, but... But you also can't just rely on, like, oil money too. Because that's huge. Like, we saw how corrupt that ballot was for... It was just a um, little bit little bit on the dodgy side. Yeah. For the hosting the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 And that's yeah. what I mean. Like, you can't just rely on that. You've got to be able to go to... Go anywhere and just be able to do it. Yeah. So that's my breakdown of the. Of the <laughs> yeah, that, that was a great League. breakdown. Very heated. It was. Uh, I think I'm about um, to have a mental breakdown. Uh, yeah, 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 my, yeah, my head is fried uh, trying to keep exactly. up with that. Yeah. Um, but speaking of heat, we have, of course, who was the, the loser last today? Dab from Hot Ones. Who was the loser today that takes the dab? I think it's Kemble Walker over there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had the one, but I think. Old Corey Ross dog Roscoe had two. Two? Yeah. I counted one. I had two. I had even two. I don't know if anyone else can back me up on that, but I'm pretty sure he had... Um, I don't want to make another one here because it had really stuffed me up. He had the Patriots playing in the same conference as the Philadelphia Eagles. That's one. And there was another one too. What was the second what one? was the second I one? I can't remember, but I'm really trying oh. to remember it. There was definitely two. <laughs> I'm happy to share it. Is it a tie, boys? Are we agreeing for a tie? That that hot sauce is fucking battery acid. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's got to be done. We don't make the rules. We just follow. Hot ones, you need a sponsor. We need to get hot ones. Shout out Sean Evans. Okay. So it looks like Snakeo's. No, we're sharing it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So Snakeo's about to... I will take... Snakeo's opening up the bottle here. Might need to wear some goggles, boys. Might be a good idea. Shake it up, mix it up. There we go. Okay. Are you going to do an oh, actual dab this time, just, Jake? Just uh, looking at that sauce. So oh, just looking at that sauce makes my eyes water. I'd hate to be you boys at ten a.m. tomorrow morning. Mm, okay. <laughs> that got... what is that? <laughs> What's what? That is that is barely a finger. Oh, it's plain. Okay. No, it's... no, get it out of the actual no, bottle. You do the same. You just got to match it either. You bloody cat. It's... Trust me. I think we might have to change it to a cap, please. I don't like this. I don't like this dab in the finger. Show you how it's done. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Here we go. Come on, Sanko. You've got to back that up. Come on. Come on, Sanko. Oh, I can smell that. No. Get it out of the bottle. You put this in Okay, it does. It does. It does smell like tar. Oh, God, tar. <laughs> the boys are about to suck this one down. Let's go. Three, two, one. Pod. 
very nice, very nice. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gone straight to my throat. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the first official oh, pod. So shit. <laughs> Tune in next week oh. to find out who takes the next stab. Thank you. You all know what David does. Do doesn't more talk. research next week. <laughs>